Hello, everyone. Happy Hanukkah, and welcome to the Tweet Cap. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing very well, Ryan. Happy Hanukkah to all our Jewish listeners, and uh, yes. not too bad on this uh, pretty warmish for a December day compared to la- the last few days. Yeah, we had snow yesterday here in New Jersey, so. Yeah, little flurries here. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, yeah, it wasn't. It was just, just the right but, amount. Um, for those of you who are wondering, I am Ryan. Nothing. With me as always, co-host Matt. And I'm sorry. I was just sorry. I forgot, I forgot my train thoughts with that. You were saying though. No, I was just uh, introducing us because I realized you know we have some new listeners now after last week's uh, episode was on YouTube, um, as well as um, being added to a couple other podcasting platforms so i wanted to just reintroduce ourselves like i said i'm ryan this is matt and we are the hosts of the tweet cap um and for those of you who don't know the tweet cap is where we break down the trending topics of the week uh so matt did you want to go first did you want me to go first i can start it off sure one of the interesting things that it happens every single year even in a pandemic year and it's gone on for as early as early 20th century as Time Magazine does its annual Persons of the Year. Four finalists announced. Uh, those include President-elect Joe Biden, uh, lame duck president and current president <laughs> Donald Trump, Dr. Anthony Fauci and first-line health care workers, and then also the movement for fighting social justice sorry fighting social injustice and i feel that i mean we talk about the best person in the year we're talking about influence whether that influence is for a negative or positive reason and we've which we've seen throughout history mm-hmm. whether it's adolf hitler winning time persons of the year i believe uh osama bin laden was nominated in 2001 and obviously they were got the influences for the horrible unjustful reasons but then we have people like president barack obama or martin luther king who wins the award for a legitimate improvement and made a positive impact in society so having said that i feel that it should fairly go to the all the great men men and women who are frontline workers in our healthcare field and Anthony Fauci. Though it's obvious that, at least in the United States, that the war against COVID is continuing, we at least can appreciate all the brave men and women who have helped us through this awful time, working on ungodly hours, working in insane conditions and we like to thank all the and i think it's only right to honor all those men and women all especially in the front line as the time people uh, time well it's person but i guess plural people of the year do you feel the same way ryan i i do uh for i mean i think honestly all four of the finalists meet the criteria Mm-hmm. Uh, including uh, the current president, obviously his influence and his impact on this country and uh, the year that we've had is y- you can't you can't pretend it's not there. Mm-hmm. 
honestly, I think the person who did the least would probably be Joe Biden, uh, President-elect Joe Biden, who, I mean, mm-hmm. he has, he's not president yet. All he did was win an election, which, I mean, big. Uh, we needed that. But uh, <laughs> personal opinion, we need that. But, um, yeah, I don't know if we can put 2020 as the year of Biden. Um if for no yeah. reason that he didn't do much. But I think that it's actually not to compare the two. Uh, but, you know, I watched The Masked Singer pretty, pretty religiously now at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, uh, one, of the, one of the contestants, I won't spoil it, anything. One of the contestants was um, Dr. Elvis, the uh, mm-hmm. singing doctor who kind of got very, very popular viral video. He was singing, I think, Imagine by John Lennon. Oh, yeah. Um, on uh, the internet, and he was one. He, he was one of the people who they had on this season. And mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I was talking to Melissa, and I was like, you know, I'm glad they took the time to put him on this season because he'll never be on another season. It doesn't make sense for yeah. him to. He's not a big enough celebrity to really be, you know, on a show like that. Which I mean, not that you have to be that big a celebrity, but um, it's just this is the year. This year is COVID nineteen. Other things happened this year. Like I said, we did have an election. Um, obviously, we've seen um, a remarkable shift in the way a lot of people talk about race uh, and police violence. Um, but I don't think those things are going away. Uh, I really don't. Uh, and I, I'm hopeful they're not. I'm hopeful that we'll continue to have those conversations and see changes uh, based around those things. Same here. Uh, that's just my opinion. I don't, you know, nothing special there but this year you know the frontline workers and i know they have dr fauci's name specifically and he would likely be the the front of the the magazine he would be the photo um but i think dr fauci and i think frontline workers scientists the people who have worked to kind of figure out what's going on, figure out how we can stop it. And of course, treat people uh, while we were you know, trying to figure out how to get a vaccine together. Um, I right. think those people need to be the ones that get celebrated this year because 2022, like I said, or 2021 rather, it, it, it won't make sense. And, and that's fine. If, if they go a different way, it's not like, you know, you need to honor everybody, but 2020, this, this is the moment to give those people who, frankly, don't ever get a lot of uh, attention, nurses, uh, people who work mm-hmm. in hospitals, uh, not just the doctors either, the entire, the entire team, the entire staff. Uh, they don't get a lot of credit for what they do. Um, you know, doctors get a little bit more, but not, not a lot. Um, in 2020, it, it just, it's basically it's tailor-made for them. So I think that's who they should pick. Um, I'm glad to see they're being considered, if nothing else, um, just, you know, to really kind of highlight how important frontline health um, health professionals have been and how important healthcare is. Hopefully we don't, you know, we don't give them a magazine cover and then, excuse me, go back to the way things were. Uh, hopefully uh, once we get things settled in, we, we look at a new way to handle um health health issues uh in this country and health workers in this country uh to make sure they're they're safe um even when there's not a pandemic so and that's what i think don't forget them and we don't forget them exactly can't forget them so ryan what is the uh second story what do you have so the second story well i have a few stories but uh the one i want to talk to or talk about right now um, is about the comments made by the former Israeli um, defense minister for space. 
I'm probably saying that wrong. Um, but this guy, uh, he went, I'm not even, I don't even, want, I don't know. He seems a little wacky to me, but we were just talking about the, uh, the monolith, uh, last, yep. last episode. Yep, um, yep. and now this guy comes out and says that, uh, there are aliens, although he didn't confirm that they were in Utah, but he did confirm <laughs> that <laughs> there's an entire federation of them. And, uh, we're apparently allies with them, which is good. Um, and I guess he and the aliens convinced president Donald Trump, who is also a part of the federation, um, not to tell everyone because humanity wasn't ready. So yes. two questions, so, two hard-hitting questions. One, is it true? And two, are we ready? <laughs> well, sometimes things in this world like to be parodies of themselves, and I figure this is some coincidence if it's actually called the Galactic Empire. Sounds Federation. like something. It's a galactic Federation. Yes. Assuming it's... Uh, from Star Wars, Star Trek, Doom. Well, right. It was it was stuff. really nice of them to use uh, not only English but human language. Yeah. Uh, it was really nice of them to consider doing that for us, uh, <laughs> even though we don't know they exist. So, I mean, there's that. I really haven't heard since that story broke earlier in the week much traction since then. You'd figure for such a major milestone, uh, so like proving there's extraterrestrial life you'd think that story would prove going and growing but seeing the story just died out since it broke on what tuesday so and i and i just think something that was just uh i don't know do you think i just don't do think, think it's guy, legitimate do you think this guy saw like saw the monolith story because honestly the monolith story lasted longer than that one um <laughs> Do you think he saw that and said, now's the time to say something wild about aliens? Um, like, I mean, I found more when I looked. Like, other people have started talking about it. Yeah. Uh, people who have always been in aliens. And there's real, like, real people who study, like, aliens, I guess. Um, <laughs> they're not typically considered the top flight uh, researchers in the scientific community. Uh, but they exist. And, and they're talking about, you know, their thoughts. But, yeah, it's not getting a lot of traction. And so I wonder if he just saw, like, it was kind of an internet meme. And yeah. so this this Israeli defense minister, which which scared – by the way, if I were in Israel right now and I was just looking back that this guy was in charge of defending our, you know, I would be like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'd be terrified. I'd be like, we need to – I'd look up the name of the current defense minister right now. <laughs> I'd be like, we got to make sure this guy, you know, doesn't believe in, like, the Easter Bunny or something. But – um. Yeah, do you think he just saw it was going like aliens are having a moment right now? I, I don't know. It makes no sense to me. Like I almost believed it just because why would you lie? Like we don't even know who this is. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, I, what does he gain from just saying this? Nothing, assumedly, right? Besides, besides us talking about him in some type of clout whatsoever. I... But is it clout if we think he's crazy? What do they say? They say that no such thing as bad publicity. So I, I don't, I don't know. It's, yeah. yeah. If he ends up on like, you know, Israeli TV hosting their version of the price is right. Then you're right. That Then this that's what it was for. But I mean, assumingly he's, you know, a, a foreign policy expert. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. I, I mean, I would, I, I think we should check on him. I think his, I don't know. 
his family, his friends, his uh, his former employees. Uh, someone needs to do a, a wellness check on that guy. I think. I think. And I mean, maybe maybe we're wrong. Maybe he told the absolute truth, and it's just so strange that we're assuming it's fiction. But uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not so uh, not so proud as to say I know all the answers. But I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Like you said, if it were real, and he spilled the bean. I mean, his story was I stopped Donald Trump from telling us it existed. Then why did you tell us, dude? <laughs> I'm sure that, uh, yeah, I think that's the funny part almost. That, uh, right, he was like, yeah, you guys are welcome. He was going to spoil it. And I said, you can't do that. And the aliens were like, they backed me up. But then he went, so did the aliens tell him, like, if, if you say it, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and low key, I feel like President Trump would try to oh yeah i mean that type of bomb like that but i think it's just it's just another hoax in a world of someone getting attention personally i think so too and i mean like i said president trump has definitely been having a very public meltdown for over a month now so if he had to go if he had this information i feel like he would have told us already that's what i think um that would be distraction Right, he would have said something like that, or honestly, he probably would have blamed the aliens on the loss. <laughs> so he's blamed everyone else, uh, and uh, now Texas is too. But we're not going to talk about that today. We might talk about that next week. We'll see how how things shape up um, tonight and into tomorrow morning on the Texas Supreme Court case. I won't say any more than that. But uh, you had another story, uh, kind of a continuation from last week, didn't you? Right. Yes, so we have HBO Max. Another update with them. They decided, or I should say, Warner Brothers decided, the big conglomerate Warner Media, they decided that Warner Brothers is going, in 2021 specifically, that they will release all their theatrical releases the same exact day they will release them on HBO Max. And again, some of these movies include big franchises, uh, whether it's um, big blockbuster movies too, whether it's Dune in the Heights, uh, Fast and Furious, a bunch of other stuff is coming up. So obviously big deal. Obviously interesting for all cinema lovers, but also... In the coming days of this announcement, we have high-profiled people needing to defend the decision, whether it's HBO Max's CEO or even as early as today, the actual Warner Media CEO of the entire conglomerate had to defend the decision. And pretty much, to paraphrase it, we don't know what's going on in this world this pandemic is stretching out longer than we expected. We have all these movies that we have to show. We have to put out there. We're just doing this. We're just doing what we can with this. Some people are saying that this will kill the film industry. Some people are saying that this clearly ends the streaming wars with streaming by far winning. And well, I think this is just clearly a circumstantial decision. I don't think the theaters will. I think the theaters will be upset. They have the right to be upset. But again, they're just making this decision, obviously, because we're in a pandemic and they don't know when audiences can safely go back to the theater. So hopefully more people could come around to the decision with that. Only um, 
Warner Brothers has decided to do this in HBO Max. In fact, I saw today a movie came, a movie only in theaters. The, the trailer made it emphasize this movie called Nobody. <laughs> it's a pretty much a John Wick style. With Bob Odenkirk, right? Yes. And that said, that trailer came out. No the, um, theaters only. Didn't say anything about um, going to the Peacock Network. <laughs> they're under Universal. Because no one's so. watching Peacock. <laughs> no, seriously, no. that's all. That's why. <laughs> if if NBC and, uh, was like, yeah, we're just gonna put all our movies there, then nobody would see them. Uh, so they would get it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. You're right. But um, yeah, that's that's the big news. Another one, and in, in a con- continuous road to see where we're gonna get our big movies. I think I personally, again, I don't actually find it a big deal. As much as I want to go to the theaters, and I think it's fair to say the best way to see a movie is in the theater. But at the end of the day, movies can be seen anywhere, and you just the point is to see them. So I think. I think it's fine for what it is. They're not, they didn't shut out theaters completely. And well, hopefully this gives people, gets people hungry to go back to the theaters, at least a Warner brother, a Warner brother film in uh, 2022. I mean, I got to say something. I I didn't know that about the trailer for uh, the new, uh, what's it? It's called nobody, right? Nobody completely new, completely original. Yeah. 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 I didn't see the, uh, I didn't see the trailer. So I didn't know about that in theaters only jab they were taking at Warner. I mean, (laughs) honestly, at that point, I I mean, you said it was NBC, right? Yeah, that would be, that's just bad taste. That's just bad taste. And I hope the movie flops and I feel bad for everyone else who worked on it. But, um, it's dangerous to go places right now. Uh, and some people are willing to take that risk. That's fine. Um, I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not, so (laughs) I don't have to worry about it. I'm not going to go to a movie theater. So if a bunch of people want to go sit into a crowded theater, uh, and watch a film together or a not crowded theater and watch a film together because they have to socially distance and they can't fill the capacity anyway, that's fine. That's, that's on them to do, and hopefully they stay away from me and my family um, until they get tested and, you know, we know they know that they're safe um, to right. be around and healthy to be around. But um, it, for everyone else, uh, it's still dangerous to be out in a large group, uh, especially to be inside in a large group. And Warner is t- taking a step that, frankly – a lot of other companies could have and should have been taking and didn't. Warner has come to the conclusion, rightfully so, that they're worth a lot of money. And frankly, people will watch these movies Mm. anywhere. They know people will see these movies. It doesn't really matter where they put them. So they're already worth a lot of money, so they don't have to worry about the – because, I mean, it costs more money to see a movie in a movie theater. That's what people don't get. People have HBO – and they pay whatever a month yeah. and they get access to everything. Whereas if you watch everything on HBO in a movie theater, you'd have to pay for all those movies. And it's like 40 bucks to go see a movie. Right. Uh, especially you know, then you start adding other stuff onto it. You never really go to a movie alone. So you're always paying for multiple tickets. So I get why it makes more money for them in the theater. And obviously they have the, the actual theater to pay as well, but it's just, it's greed. It's greed on the part of these other companies to set, to try and make this look like a bad idea. And I told you when we saw Christopher Nolan, a yes. director whose movies I will never see again. And I like <laughs> the Batman movies, by the way. And I'll never see them again. And that's all right with me. He's um, always done his movies for Warner Brothers. 
He has, and hopefully he leaves, and then he can go. Maybe NBC. They seem to be. In but the but what did um, what did go see at but, the movie theater? Sorry, Andrew, Henry. Sorry, yeah, Andrew. go for it. But what did he say for the audience who don't know? Yeah, Christopher saying? Nolan was very upset. Um, he clearly doesn't like HBO, and that's fine. He doesn't have to like HBO. Um, he, he said it was the worst streaming service. Um, but he was <laughs> saying that there was a lot of uh, you know great actors and gr- or great movie stars and great directors and filmmakers uh, who went to bed thinking that they were going to be working for the you know the premier uh movie studio and then woke up finding out they were working for the world's worst streaming service um so clearly he's not happy with this but at the same time who cares yeah like go i'll just go we'll go see a tarantino movie or or, uh, you know a spielberg like really Christopher Nolan has decided he can speak for on behalf of all of the greats. And I do hope that the uh, greatest movie stars that he's referring to um, come out and publicly say who they are too. <laughs> they should. If they really believe so strongly that the only people who are, should be allowed to see their movies should have to pay 40 plus dollars to do so and risk getting, you know, a deadly virus. Uh, if they really believe that their work is worth that much, then they should absolutely publicly state that. Um, um, and then I, then I know that we should probably stop watching their movies as well because that's insane. More people are going to see these movies now that it's on HBO. That's a fact. Yeah. That's just a factual, that's a factual statement. More people are going to see these movies now. For sure. HBO has literally millions of people on that, like on that, cha- like on that streaming service. And Netflix is the same way. This does pretty much put the uh, streaming wars to bed, though. Um, anyone who just signed, like, I know John Stewart just signed a new thing with Apple TV or whatever. Yeah. Uh, he, he, got, he got hosed there because th- it's not going to catch up. HBO and Netflix are the only two streaming services that anyone considers legitimate at this point. Everyone else is niche. Everyone else can fill a little void. Honestly, I think Apple should kind of see if it can fill some of the quibby. Quibi hole? <laughs> no, seriously. Like it's like already the actual... on your phone. Everyone, everyone has an iPhone. So just make it so you know they're like quick hits you watch from your phone because we all have Apple phones for the most part. You know one um, thing. You know what's interesting yeah. about Apple that kind of relates to this to see if they're going to try to get. You know, as you said, it's clear with that the Netflix, Netflix, HBO Max going neck and neck. Yeah, Apple actually bought Scorsese's new movie with Leonardo DiCaprio in it. It's being filmed yeah. now. So again, Apple did? Apple did. Scorsese should see if he could like re- revoke that. Mm-hmm. Netflix will pay more. Do you think that the Hulu, Disney, since they're both owned, Disney actually technically owns the majority of Hulu? Because you could buy the Hulu Disney Plus pack. Do you think I they think can be, do you think they can uh, get neck to neck with HBO Max and uh, Netflix? To me, and again, I'm not talking like we don't have any business inside the two of us. But to me, they both fill a a niche. Like Hulu for me mm-hmm. is, I mean, they have some original stuff which is pretty good. I'm watching. Uh, what did I watch? Community off it. I don't remember what I watched now. Um, it was a movie. Oh, I watched. So I watched a movie that I honestly don't remember the name of. It, but I also watched <laughs> the Hillary Clinton documentary. Um, which was Hulu exclusive. That was pretty good. Um, and like I said, Disney owns Star Wars. Yeah. So um, people, yeah, the Mandalorian. But it also owns it also owns Marvel. So they can make yeah. new Marvel content on 
Disney specifically too. So I this think adds people another will- story um, when we continue with the stories. I got that one that popped in my head. But you were saying, yeah. So I was saying like people will watch those because they like. Well, who's got live TV? So if you're a yep. streamer like me, I don't have cable. So I just use streaming services. Who's almost essential? Um, hmm. Because if there's anything live, and I mean I don't mean like shows live necessarily. Although I do watch some TV live. But, um, like, you know, the news uh, or things like that, like, that's how you would do that. So they, they have, like, their niche and they're going to have an audience. But in terms of the premier one, the one that's going to make a lot of money, um, I, I think, no, I think Netflix, just because it was the first, it was the original. And so it's, it's yeah. got, like, it, it would ha- it'd take a lot for Netflix to lose, not saying they won't. And then HBO, because I, as much as I said, uh, HB, Netflix is the original, HBO's been around longer. It's It's got a deeper kind of understanding of the industry and yeah. how it's changed. But uh, clearly those are the two. Um, and, and just last thing, just, do yeah. you think Amazon, at any Jeff Bezos and Amazon, is they a lot of money too? Like, they won't bore it. But they I'm do, just saying, and I think honestly, they should just do that. They should, they should just do that. If someone mm. wants to make a movie on Amazon, make a movie on Amazon. Everyone has Amazon too. Like Amazon Prime exists for forever. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I've I've mixed feelings about Amazon uh, uh, in general. Um, we love but, Amazon Christmas time when we need it. <laughs> right? No, I, I mean, no matter what, the convenience of Amazon is just there's no amount of self-discipline in my opinion that could get a person to completely cut Amazon out. Like (laughs) seriously, I think you can cut it out. Mostly you can make a concerted effort to try and avoid Amazon. (laughs) Even their customer service is amazing. I don't know if you ever had a problem. They're just like that. I never, I see. I've never even had a problem. Um, but, uh, like, there's no matter how hard you try to cut Amazon out of your life entirely, you'll never succeed. You will always end up doing something with Amazon because they're just everywhere. They're so big and they don't need to be in the movie business at all. They should do what they're doing now. I mean, they have some originals and if they can't sell the originals, then just keep them. I mean, it's not hurting people who are on there. Watch them. I've watched the boys. That's an Amazon original. I watched, uh, yep. God, I'm forgetting the name again with uh, with Robbie Amell. He dies in the very first episode. Not a spoiler. It's the, it's the plot. Um, For this is a Amazon show? Amazon original. Um, like, he dies and they put him in the computer, like, funeral thing. Al Pacino? No. I'm sorry. I'm blanking. I know what you're talking about, too, but I'm, I'm blanking. It's, it's a new TV show. Um, and it stars Robbie Amell. He, he dies in the very first episode, and his family pays for him to be up, upload. It's called Upload. Upload. Uh, uploaded into, like, a cloud for dead people. Um, so, yeah, that's um, – like, those are good shows. And if they sell them for a lot of money to one of the streaming services that thinks they have a shot or does have a shot, great. If they don't. Amazon's got forever money. So just keep making them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's right. a nice little thing for the people who do have prime who do use Amazon video. Be like, Hey, we have some originals for you to, you know, to thank you for paying us all of your hard earned money. So, um, and also with this, at this moment, as you said, with Amazon and Netflix, sorry, um, HBO and Net, HBO max and Netflix and that day, do you think, I mean, you, you joked about with Peacock if, if a way to get it. Well, we see now the major studios owned by big conglomerates are um, are um, the major studios owned by conglomerates are. Um, do you think that that's what they're going to do? 
you guys are just tell them like yo whether it's viacom with paramount pictures or um nbc universal with universal mm-hmm. oh we're gonna have to do what warners is doing do you think that could be a no. day that happens or no no, I don't. I don't think they're going to do this forever, which is what makes this whole backlash by this whole supposed backlash. I have only seen Christopher Nolan complain. By the way, I've not seen another person complain about this, but uh, he complained very loudly, and he did it on behalf of a bunch of people. So, I think that for for that reason, we need to really look at like reality. There's a pandemic. That's what's happening. That's the reason we've gone forward with the uh, the changes. And once it's better, once we're vaccinated, it'll it'll all go away. Totally agree with you, Ryan. I totally agree, and it just shows how impatient we are as a humanity. Exactly. <laughs> we're jumping. To, we're jumping to conclusions. There's no need to do that. So, Ryan, I have a little audible. Just two things. Well, I have sure. one quick story. Then, um, Bridget came in. I think oh, sure. he'll enjoy the show after I just do this well quick story. Then yeah. we'll take a break and then um, we'll have the uh, 40 minutes with him. So like the original plan. Sounds good. Okay. So um, having said that, my last story, Ryan. Uh, so CD Project Red, the big famous video game too. developer. I had this one too. So this is good. Known for The Last of Us. Seems like there might be they might be on a quest to be Rockstar, the only other video game the world the world actually knows because your products are That's so not true. Good. I mean, you know, to a mainstream audience, but um, yeah. So, having said that, P- Project Red announced Cyberpunk 2077. Looks like a humongous video game, a huge original. New video mm-hmm. game is coming out. It was announced today that the game launched this week, and they sold eight mil co- eight million copies prior to its launch. Eight million, and this is spreads across the new gaming consoles: PS5, Xbox Series One, Xbox One, PS4, and the PC. And it looks like it's it is on its way to being one of the biggest video game launches of all time. For so Ryan, as you someone who is part of that 8 million people you ordered it. You told me I didn't, I didn't pre-order. I'm not part of the 8 million, but okay. But you are getting it though. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, It's downloading. So I think it's interesting now if this, if if this is, this is another thing. Great movie stars might have a chance now to be the feds of video games. (laughs) Keanu Reeves. Because Keanu Reeves is the literal star of this video game. But, Ryan, can you talk cool. to me about the... He's not the star. Oh, You're well. the star. He's your co-star. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but, Ryan, could you tell me what... Um, first, why you personally are excited for the game? And are you um, ready to see this? Are we, are we going to... Do you think we'll see something like a, like a Fortnite type of way this game could ruin the mainstream or or at least a call of duties so uh, here's the difference so here's the difference do you think this uh, is our, this is legit so i'm excited about this game however that's this is the type of video game that i typically play i mean i play call of duty i play all the i suck at them i, I actually i've been made fun of by children before during call of duty sessions um and uh, <laughs> my buddy rocky that's the sound i play with like i've shown him the 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 messages uh, one person 
uh, requested. They're actually very nice about it to the point that I listened. Uh, I was playing and someone sent me a message saying, please leave. Uh, they said, please. And so, you know, usually you get the get wrecked fool or whatever the nonsense people you right. know, say, you know, gamer talk, but he just a message like, please leave. So I did. Um, so I play those games, but um, for me, these kind of large storytelling RPG action games, I like those best. Bethesda is probably my favorite yeah. game studio. They do Fallout and they do Elder Scrolls. Um, and so because Fallout's my favorite video game franchise, uh, I was excited about this because this was kind of a futuristic RPG like Fallout, but had some differences in that, you know, it wasn't. A, that series, and B, had some different, uh, different kind of aesthetic, being in a big city with all that stuff. And so that's why I was excited to play it. But this is not going to be a, a pick-up-and-play game like Fortnite or like um, Call of Duty or Madden or anything like that. Th- this game is going to be for people who like games probably mm-hmm. uh, despite being a you know, massive watch. A lot of people do like these kind of narrative games. So I'm not saying like it's going to be a problem for them at all. Uh, but what's going to make them different than rockstar is you could have never played a grand theft auto game in your entire life. And like, I mean, provided you're not playing the story, even if you are, but you can a not play the story, which is important. You can just drive around and do whatever you want. Um, and B you'll figure out how to play that game in, maybe at most like five minutes. <laughs> it could take you all the five minutes how to, to figure out how to play uh, that game. And I don't believe that this game is something that someone who has never played an action slash RPG type game can just pick up and figure out in five minutes. You'll probably have to play through the 30 minute intro, really pay attention, practice everything, learn the mechanics, learn the right. ins and outs. I, I've not played it, so I can't, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but just based on you, you able know, to give a game, were you able to give? Will you be able to give a review next week? Yeah, that's the plan. Like I said, it's, <laughs> it's downloading now. I was gonna wait till I got a new, a new, a next gen console. Yeah, uh, but I pushed that back a little bit because <laughs> you know we are in a middle of like thirteen percent unemployment, and you know every dollar is important. So I pushed it back a little bit. However, I'm I know that if I get it digital, if I don't get a hard copy, um, then I can just transfer it over. So that's what I'm doing. And with man Ryan, I'm, I know I'm excited for your view. Yeah, I I am. Everybody's excited, and it's going to be a good time. And Ryan, um, we have our our next guest waiting in the next room, so we're going to just take a little break, guys. And then when we come back, we'll have Bridget Say Brown from YouTube Fame joining us on the Tweet Cap. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Tweet Cab here with my co-host, Ryan Page. And now we have our second ever guest on the Tweet Cap. It is none other than YouTube's rising star and quite a talented individual himself. Bridget St. Brown has joined the Tweet Cap. What's going on, Bridget? What's up, guys? Thank you for having me on. I appreciate those words, man. Appreciate you, big bro. No problem, bro. Appreciate you. So appreciate you, little bro. So you know how this works, Brad. Did you get the gist talking about what's trending, biggest news topics, and stuff like that? So feel free to give your opinion on it. If you have any stories to share, we'd love to hear it as well. So I'll start with um, Ryan, and then uh, Brad. Do you want to offer a story after that we could uh, discuss? Yeah, I got a story. All right, great. All right. So So I got two. Yeah, I got two. 
Um, one of them we're going to circle back to. Me and Matt discussed this. So we have a long-running uh, tracker here on the tweet cap. Uh, last week we talked about the, uh, or maybe even two weeks ago we talked about the uh, the monoliths, the strange structure appearing in Utah, uh, Romania, and then California, and then just this week a former, I'm going to say disgraced, but maybe not, uh, Israeli. Um, Minister of Defense went on to say that there was the existence of a galactic federation. Uh, so everyone who heard the first half knows what we think about this, but uh, I've decided I'm asking everybody. Uh, what do you think? A, do you think it's real? And B, how crazy is this guy actually? Oh, that is um, a big question. It's a deep question. Yes, it is. Um, I'll tell you flat off the bat, I'm open to it. I'm open to the possibility. I'm not quick to say it. No, that's not, that's not real. Um, and when they say, when, when we come, we can't even conceptualize how big space is, right? They say mm-hmm. there are more stars in the universe than grains of sand <laughs> in the world, right? So think right. about every little, think about every beach in the world, right? I can think of all this grains of sand on, on uh, Norwalk Beach, right? Millions of grains of salt, right? Think about that all over the world. Think about every little grain of salt is a star. Now, if we go off to our our solar system, for one star, there's what I, I, this is bad, but eight eight nine planets, right? Um, now, just think about that eight nine times one trillion, right? Times trillions. Mm-hmm. So, space is really big. Um, I used to dive into this question a lot: Is there aliens? Right? In aliens. There's there's extra there's extraterrestrials there's life right there's mm-hmm. what I think when um you say aliens you have a constant connotation of green like the gray man Martians, or the, right yep um they say like so there's this uh, one of the moons Europa I believe around uh, it's in it's one of the moons of uh of uh Jupiter I want to say they they believe that there's water there and there could be microbial life. Um, right. Have you, if you listen to Bob Lazar's thing, it's crazy. There's a lot of commonalities. How um, in his story, uh, should I just reiterate for the people who are listening? Go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So yes. Bob Lazar is one of the most famous whistleblowers for Area 51. He wasn't in Area 51, but people know Area 51 is. He was actually on right. a base called S4, which was. Um, it was like in the same area, not the same base, but same area. And so he, just to be clear, he's suggesting that there are aliens. They've already been here and the U.S. government has them somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so Bob Lazar's story, he says he's worked on alien aircrafts. Okay. And um, it's a really deep story. But basically, this guy was a genius. He, uh, he was really good with jet propulsion. He was able to put a jet uh engine onto a honda civic and that's how the government found him but the the government they uh they hired him for this job and he would work really weird hours really late hours and he couldn't say anything to any anyone he'd like i don't know let's say he signed a non-disclosure agreement um but he was working these really late hours really random hours so his wife thought he was cheating on her so she starts to cheat on him and the government was like tapped into his whole his whole uh, living um situation because they he was working believed, for them yes he was working for the government all right yeah so I, I skipped a part he was working on these alien air, aircrafts gotcha so he says so he says right right 
and um, allegedly, wife is cheating on him. So then the government fires him. They say, or they let him go. They're like, you have an unstable home. We don't want to work with you because that could just uh, drag out, right? It, it, it uh, things would go bad. If so we had that like, rule still, Mike Pence would have been president. <laughs> there, that you know, you're not wrong there. Um, so gets fired from his job and he goes to his friends. He says, "Hey guys, all right." They do these test these test runs. Um, I'll take you guys out into the desert. They they do these test runs on these uh, these aircrafts every Wednesday night. So he took out with his friend. He took his friends and they recorded it. But mind you, this was like eighty nine, maybe nineteen ninety. So the the camera um, quality wasn't there. It wasn't that good. And basically, <laughs> the government like wipes away his uh, his record and. Um, He's got a really long story, and I'm I'm missing details. But basically, well, it's this guy. Yeah. So this guy, he um, he claims he works for, he was working on these alien um crafts. But why he's why it's very is that he's got a very interesting story. Is there can be there's no records found about him. He said he worked at MIT or he went to MIT and he worked at all these like places, but you can't find any records. And so he paired up with this investigative investigative journalist, and they found that. He worked. He claimed he worked at um, what was the name of it? Like I don't know, some name, some like, like some like engineering uh, okay, like place, mm-hmm. right? And they found his name on a directory, but the government or people claimed he didn't work there. They wiped away his record, but they found an old picture of directory that he worked there. But he says huh. there were three technologies. There's three technologies he described in 1989 that are now later to be. No, they weren't, they weren't, they didn't exist back then or they mm-hmm. weren't known, but he claimed these three technologies and now they are, um, they exist. One of them was a hand scanner. So he said you would put like, think about like a movie, right? You put right. your hand have your to a door. Saved in men it. in black yeah, style. So men in black. Exactly. So yeah. that, um, that didn't exist when he claimed it. And now later it exists. He describes this, um, this element one, it's like 115 element 115. And that was how they powered these aircrafts. And, uh, they believe they said that this element didn't exist. And that was in 1989 In 2013, a German physicist came out and he said, this element does exist. So those two big things, in 1989, I can't. For, I'm forgetting the third evidence, but um, if you if you want to learn, look more onto this. There's a Netflix series on this called Flying Saucers, Bob Lazar. But he was a very famous guest on Joe Rogan. So that's, that's <laughs> oh, how I know about it. And if you go back to the Joe Rogan clips, um, that's where you can find all of it. So I'm very open to it being possible. Um, I'm very open it for it. Aliens, extra life. Can, is this guy credible? Um, that's something I don't, I'm like, I don't want to get too invested into it because that's something we'll never find the answers, right? Don't want to break your heart. It's, it's just one of those things like you can get too invested, but you'll never find out. However, though, it's interesting. Um, Reagan, right? This guy is like 80, I believe. And he you made mean Ronald? Claims. Ronald Reagan. Ronald okay. Reagan. So, no, this is a different story. But Ronald Reagan's, um, they said towards the end of his life, he was starting to get dementia. And he was saying like, yep. we all have to band together when the people up top come over and now the ufo uh, the the uh, pentagon released these ufos now they don't call them ufos anymore they call them unidentified flying phenomenon like, like they, oh, they put a p UAPs. instead of an o yeah phenomenon 
Yeah. So um, I'm very, I'm very open to it, but it's honestly, it's one of those things I thought it long and hard when it comes to aliens, comes to extraterrestrials. There's so much on this planet that I don't understand. I don't know. And I want to learn and I'm trying to figure out before I can figure out what's outside of this earth. So um, I try, I'm very open to all the possibilities, but I don't, I don't try to get too invested into it because it's something that like I can get so you get get so emotionally invested, but you'll never find out the information. We'll know one day if if aliens come down. But what, what do you well, guys? Think? So I, it's it's interesting you mentioned Reagan because I just watched that documentary. Uh, we talked about this the three of us, but yeah. I just finished it. And yeah, Ronald Reagan's son just went on record for this documentary. Like, oh yeah, my dad was absolutely out of his mind when he left office. So uh, interesting. That. That, um, mm-hmm. Like I said. It was around the end of his, you know, time in office that he was like, by the way, the people up top are coming. Because, I mean, he, he, <laughs> he took just, it to mean religious iconography because his dad got very, like, freaky evangelical religious. Sorry, evangelicalism is not freaky. The version that Ronald Reagan subscribed to where the people up top were coming down, that's the part that I'm referring to as freaky for anyone listening, by the way. Uh, but no, I just, we thought it was interesting that it's called the Galactic Federation because those are English words and human words. And you think, seeing as that we don't even know they existed, like the name would kind of reflect the membership, right? Um, failed sci-fi movie almost. Right, yeah. It sounds yeah, it sounds like a, a Star Wars faction that didn't make the cut, um, <laughs> which is weird because they had a group called The Resistance and The First <laughs> Order. So uh, I, I don't think we can get too caught up on the, the terminology Galactic Federation. I think it's more on the fact – yeah, those are English words, but I think it's more on the fact that there are – a federation, right, is uh, like – Oh yeah, no. I mean, of people it, it coming to like of a group of different states working together. So I think it's very possible that there might be. Know. To me, it was just weird that they used human human words. Like I, I would assume. Granted, we we will never know until you know we know. Um, <laughs> but um, I was I was like, you'd think that the name would be you know something from. My assumption is the aliens didn't also learn English. That, that's Maybe a translation. They, they probably, like, in their language, it's probably like, boo, 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 Yeah, who translated it, though? This Israeli minister? And how far back oh, does this okay. generation, does it go back since Obama, Maybe. since the Reagan, or? That's what I'm saying. Like, we, have, we seem to have, like, this guy seemed to have a bunch of information that just came out of nowhere. And then his story was, his initial story was Donald Trump, the president of the United States, was going to tell everybody about the Galactic Federation. <laughs> But myself and the aliens convinced him that we weren't ready. <laughs> I just so like, I'm confused as it. to why he would tell that story because in telling that story, he also tells them, <laughs> us, the people who are not ready. And I agree, by the way, we're not ready. We have a lot going on down here. We don't need to worry about that right now. <laughs> but um, but I was like – so I agree with that sentiment. But I'm like, but by telling us that you didn't want us to know because we weren't ready, you kind of – you're outing it. I'm like, it doesn't make as a story. It, it it's it's missing something as a story. Like he was like, I don't want you guys to know this that we had aliens, so I didn't tell you. Like it's essentially what he said. I was like, well, mm-hmm. but you just told me by telling me you weren't going to tell me. So I don't know. It was it was a very weird story. I, I wanted to hear your take on it because I knew you were going to go way deeper than me and Matt did. We just made jokes about the guy. So I wanted to give I wanted to give that a uh, perspective because you're absolutely right. There's no way that the three people sitting on this Zoom call could fathom uh, the entirety of space. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, so you're absolutely right. And the idea that there's not something else out there that's 
alive to at least some capacity would be actually improbable when you really think about it. But that they all got together, formed a federation, then came to visit Donald Trump and the former defense uh, minister of Israel. I feel like that's a little weird. To me, Civically. that part of the story. You, you can't make it. Yeah, when you put it that way, it's comical. But uh, once again, I think I'm I'm open to the idea. And I oh, think, I am too. But that part of the story. I think it's I don't possible. Know if that parts. I don't know if that parts as sound as the rest of it. The rest of it makes sense. But that that last part. Well, that last part's where my my uh, my hesitation lies. So they say, uh, kind of going back to when we got well, throughout throughout time throughout history there have been depictions of these sky people. If you go back to ancient oh, yeah. Egyptian hieroglyphs. Glyphs. But uh, one thing I heard is after World War II, um, splitting the atom, creating mass destruction with the, the atomic bomb, that's when they, when you see an uptick of these UFOs. And now if you, if you go back to history, right, Roswell, 1950, they, believe, they say that there was a uh, crashed alien yeah. aircraft and a lot of people that's saw 51. it. Yes. And then, yeah, right around Area 51. So, um, I think it wasn't Donald Trump. The people, if let's say, if these aliens were are in contact with humans, I don't think it was first with uh, with uh, Donald Trump. It probably back in fifties would have been Eisenhower. So they just so he would have told. Of, yo, we talked about it last time. Um, warning of the uh, in, military industrial complex. So well, he did give us that warning, yes, but. No, very interesting story. Obviously, here at the Tweet Cap, we will keep – I mean, it seems like it's dead. But if another monolith shows up or if this – Okay, so those monoliths – yeah, once another thing, it's like um, – Those are fake. Very interesting. Yeah, I almost <laughs> think I, – I, since, I, since I didn't see it and I wasn't there, I can't say it's fake or if it was real. But just the media coverage that I saw, it, may, it did seem like someone placed it there. Yeah. And that's why it's what makes me wonder, for whatever reason, if the former Israeli defense minister is like, huh, people are talking about aliens now. I got a story for them. That's very like, possible, too. Um, you know what I mean? Because it just it's it's very strange how like how that all worked out that we had that one story, which, again, by the way, my opinion, clearly fake. Um, and then this other story came out like a week later, um, kind of like taking it to the next level. So. Who knows? We'll find out. It'd be very, you know, there's still a month left to 2020, and it'd be very, very on brand for the new year to end with some sort of alien uh, incursion. But um, for now, we will just have to wait and see. I don't know if I had one other story that I wanted to talk about. We didn't talk about yes. it last week, Matt. Yes. Um, so bear with me, Brendan. I don't know if you were prepped on this. Um, but last night, uh, or rather two nights ago, a, a small television ch- uh, network called Access TV got better ratings than the USA Network. And that is all because of professional wrestling promotion, AEW. Uh, so, Brendan, I don't know if you know what AEW is. It's a new wrestling promotion that's on TNT, uh, where WCW used to be. Um, they just started a partnership with Access Television and a wrestling show that they were already producing. And, um, yeah, in prime time from 8 to 10 o'clock, I think it is, uh, on Tuesday night, more people watched that show than the next night watching professional wrestling on USA Network, uh, which was WWE's NXT. So um, me and Matt have talked about wrestling a little bit before, but this is the first time that 
um, not WWE has kind of been the story. Um, I mean, growing up, the three of us, I know we all watched WWE professional wrestling, um, but apparently there might be some real staying power now with the new one with, uh, with AEW. And I mean, they've just signed sting. We didn't cover that last week because we had a lot to talk about. Mm -hmm. So I figured I'd mention that sting, of course, a legendary wrestler from, I mean, even before our time, but yeah, Matt, I don't know. Did you see that? Did you see the ratings breakdown? I didn't see the ratings breakdown, but I saw yeah. the big appearance from Sting. And yeah, he's even well, older so than the Undertaker. that was last week. Yep. Yeah, he's like sixty something. He's like sixty-two. But, but he's um, legitimately wrestling, huh? I uh, hasn't yet, but uh, mm. he's there. <laughs> he's on. He's on the show. Um, but this was actually not Sting. This was uh, their new champion, Kenny Omega. He's from Japan. He's not from Japan, but he wrestled in Japan, and now he's wrestling here. Um, but he's the one who was on Tuesday night. Uh, as yeah. a new champion for AEW. And again, like I said, they got more people interested in access television, which I don't even have. I had to watch it on Twitch. I had to make a <laughs> Twitch account to see it. Um, but so more people were interested in access television than USA Network. You think there's nothing that access TV could do to get a better rating on any night than even like a rerun of freaking Chris Lee knows best on USA. So basically what you're saying here is that now with wrestling, with the, with wrestling for the last 20 years, it's always been a WWE and no legitimate competition. Now, AEW has legitimate competition, which now might lead to yeah. some type of wrestling boom that may even break it to the mainstream again. Oh no, that's never going to happen. But uh, people like Nancy least, Grace and all them kind of made sure that's never going to happen. But, um, but but like, could do you see maybe even Britta? You could chime in where you know wrestling could at least be noticed. Maybe people can make memes about it, and maybe you could watch it casually. Can make memes. Even watch it casually, but do you think more casual people will get into wrestling with another big ass promotion like that? How about you, Brendan, who uh, is a who's watched yeah, wrestling it. as a kid? But um, I don't. Th- it's fair to say you don't really watch it now. But like, do you think as someone who liked wrestling as a kid and always has a like a nostalgic part to it, do you think it could be a casually be cool again? Um, well, I will say wrestling has a cult-like following and not, not a bad thing. They got a very, very strong following. If you look at uh, the, their, the WWE YouTube channel is 70 million subscribers. It's one yep. of the most subscribed um, YouTube channels. So it definitely has a following. Um, in terms of like it being mainstream. Um, How about cool? I don't, I don't... Mainstream or even cool? Interesting. I won't be cool. <laughs> yeah, um, I watch it actively. It won't be cool. <laughs> um, I definitely think it's got its place for nostalgia, right? Everyone knows Sweet Chin music. Everyone knows the well, DX sign, right? Uh, everyone knows The Rock. Everyone knows John Cena. Um, I don't know. To be honest, like I like I, I have appreciation for WWE and wrestling, but uh, I'm not as actively watching as I used to be. Yeah, it to be like I said, I would. I was gonna say. I mean. I I watched Access. I was one of those people who watched it, but I didn't. Ex- I wasn't expecting. It's not like the entire world turned their television to this little-known channel uh, on Tuesday night. It was it was fans of wrestling decided to watch Access. But what's interesting is that there's so many of them, and they all were willing to seek out a show 
that wasn't just, you know, placed in front of them. So, I mean, I don't know if Brendan is yeah, I up think... to date on this, but like, you know, USA is obviously owned by NBC. They have one of the two of the shows. Fox actually like straight up Fox, like network television has another wrestling show. TNT, another big channel has a wrestling show. So it makes sense that people would watch those, but to have that many people be interested enough to go to a little known channel to watch the product, especially, you know, more people than are currently watching when it's usually on main, you know, the main network um, USA on Wednesday. I thought that was interesting because Again, you'd think that everybody would be like, oh, cool. But who's going to actually seek out access television to watch professional wrestling? But apparently ones. a lot would. But again, how many people are, are those? But apparently it's actually a decent number of people because it was a noticeable increase for access television. Um, at least, again, that show, I'm sure the rest of the network is completely you know, devoid of any viewership. But that one episode for that one night did have, you know, very, very big increase in viewership. So I thought that was interesting that, like I said, between Sting and then the Kenny Omega on the other show uh, winning the title, it was just, it was interesting to see uh, how many people were really paying attention to that. Because I, I wouldn't have guessed yeah. that it would make much of a difference at all Shit. for their numbers. I figured they were going to do whatever they're going to do, then they're just going to do it again on Wednesday during the actual show. But no, uh, it, people actually watched but what a time for wrestling what a time for wrestling man yo but uh transitioning with that brendan what story did you want to share Mm -hmm. so uh the story i've been kind of tuning into um yet today and yesterday it's been a big story so if california is there's a lot going on in California right now. We think of California as the mecca of entertainment, Hollywood, right? But right. if you're not in that inner circle of Hollywood and that's all that we see, you can have a distorted view of California. California has probably the one of the, if not the, one of the world's largest problems with homelessness. They say like Skid Row, it's like just cities of homeless people. And um, there's a lot of businesses being closed down and it's, it's hurting right now. So there's a story. I I think Governor Newsom's his name and yep. um, the mayor, or whatever. They aren't doing a, a very good job. In LA, it's Garcetti. In LA, mayor Garcetti. Garcetti. Yeah, they aren't doing a very good job. At least from what I heard, my sources of um of LA. Now, they shut down all businesses, all restaurants. The story was they shut down all restaurants, outdoor dining, and these businesses are going under. And right. Coronavirus, COVID, we're, we are in turmoil right now. But an, another problem that that will well, – we're going to find a vaccine. The vaccine's here, right? And then there's going to be um, ripple effects, right? But there's, I think there might be an even longer economic ripple effect of all these businesses being shut down, all these people losing their jobs, losing their livelihoods, going bankrupt, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause a long-term problem. So – this woman, she, she made a video of, she was crying that her business was pretty much going to go out of business because governor uh, or the mayor and the governor banned outdoor dining. However, though, right, right outside of her restaurant, the governor or the mayor approved of a, a movie company to set up. So it looked like this movie, co- this movie, like, like legit, like uh, cinema, cinema movie yeah. companies, um, it was going to have, it looked like it would house, it would work with over a hundred people, hundred plus people. 
and you're going to make the argument that you can't social distance when you're eating outside, but you can have a moving company on the same vicinity in the same premises. And it was, it was a very hypocritical point and she was crying. The video went on, it was on Twitter, got like 9 million views. I don't know if you guys saw, if you know what I'm talking about, but that's one, one story is I think we elected a lot of people in office who, um, might not be the most fit. I don't think they see the full picture of what's going on and um, not making wise, wise judgments, wise decisions. So I would, I would say, uh, and I, I mean, I've made my, my beliefs on Corona uh, coronavirus pretty well known in the last nine episodes of the tweet cap. And to anyone who knows me in real life, uh, they don't change when there's a, a camera and a microphone. Um, uh, one quick thing, and I'm not going to use names because this is not something that was posted online. Um, but the, our guest last week, Melissa Wilkinson, Wilkinson, by the way, Matt, not Wilkerson. But um, uh, so uh, she just got some news from her uh, hometown, small, small community. I mean, there's like two roads. They're both state high. They're both state roads. There's a Stewart's gas station, two churches, and a school. That's the entirety of the community. Um, one family there, the entire family got sick. It's from there now spread into other locations because not everybody in the family uh, lives local. Some people live in other parts of upstate New York. It's in New York, by the way, not California. Um, and it's a small town. Everyone said, well, there's no one here. We can stay spread out. No one's sick up here. It's only in the big cities. And it is mostly in the big cities. But there's this prevailing idea that for whatever reason, there's, there's a whole segment of people who are believing it can't be me. And maybe, maybe there's a middle ground. Maybe my view of it's going to be me is too much. I won't uh, deny that. Um, but the idea that we can, in any location, be it a major city like LA or a tiny town like Argyle, New York, say it won't be here so we need to worry about the dollar signs. It's not a good idea. It's a gamble. I won't say it's not a good idea. It's a gamble. If you're a gambler and you gamble on it and you make out big, you make out big. That's how gambling works. The reason I don't gamble is because I never win. And in a situation like this, now again, that's hypocrisy. The fact I don't know how they're doing. A, you said it was a movie, like movie, like they were making a movie on yeah. the same vicinity. So they got. I don't know how you could possibly do that socially. A hundred plus people, but you couldn't have fifteen people sit outside. Um, for right. Food. So they, I think it's I don't. Just, I don't see at all how you could possibly make that happen. Um, I guess the only thing you can maybe say is that people don't linger quite as much. Um, whereas when they're eating, they sit there without their mask more frequently, but honestly, I don't know. And I would agree with the woman that what she was, what she saw while she was closing her business to see another business open up, uh, granted not a business, but see another, um, you know, another project open up right across from her, um, is absolutely, again, it would be heartbreaking for me and it doesn't make any sense. Um, but at the same time, I don't think, I don't think the right answer is to say, if the movie can be open, she should be open. The right answer should be, if she has to close, the movie has to close. And we're so close. 
We talked about it last week. For anyone who's interested in learning more about how the vaccine works, the science behind it, not just me and Matt rambling about vaccines, uh, please listen to last week's episode uh, on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. Uh, we break it down very well with someone who actually has a little bit of knowledge. But we are literally in the finish line. Uh, while we were talking, we just got uh, the FDA's uh, just received um, – they didn't, they didn't clear it yet, but they just received uh, letters of support uh, from an outside expert panel telling them that they should grant the emergency authorization of the Pfizer vaccine. The same one that's right been now. authorized in the UK. So we could, if, it, if they take that tonight, we could have vaccines, not to everyone, not even to most people, but we can have vaccines out next week. We are so close to being done. And you're going to have to rebuild society afterward. But you can't rebuild society if it died. And a, a restaurant going out of business is tragic, but the owner of the restaurant dying can't be replaced. My family losing, a, you know, losing our job is tragic. Our, our family losing a friend or a neighbor can't be replaced. So we are so close to being done. In my opinion, when I see when when, when I because I see the stories and I agree with you, I don't think everyone's been looking at the full picture. But I don't think it's uh, a one-sided thing. I don't think people are just ignoring the economic impact. And Matt, maybe you jump in before we call it a day. Um, I think on both sides, I think a lot of people from every direction are trying to ignore realities that they can't ignore. And I think if you don't ignore realities, you come to the conclusion that we're totally screwed, <laughs> no matter what we do. So let's try and keep everyone alive or as many people alive as we can, uh, because no matter what, we're going to be in a really bad spot come 2021 uh, or probably more than likely 2022 when we're really finally back to normal. Yeah, you that's know, my thoughts on it. Anyway. You know, it's just it's a sensitive time. It's a difficult time. I think whether you believe in certain beliefs or not, whether you take your own thing you take your you take responsibility or all these things we just want this to end we just want this to end let us do all we yes. can to make as less risk as possible obviously people made the right decisions a lot of people made a lot of wrong decisions handling this vaccine but at the end of the day we really had to learn on the job <clears throat> yeah and we've made a lot of mistakes since then but at least what we know now, what lessons we learned, let's just get people vaccinated. Let's get this done. And then we can point fingers and say, I told you so. In a, uh, <laughs> I don't think we should point fingers. I think we need to, we need okay. to fix it. We I know. No, of course we, you're, you're right. We need to fix it. But I'm just saying what I meant by that is like, we can debate after the fact. Did we oh, yeah. write a, a wrong side of history? Hopefully yeah, it's not absolutely. immature, it, like pointing fingers and yelling. And hopefully it's legit. <laughs> discussion in like a Ken Bird's 10 part documentary that goes through the months of 2020. But, um, well, it's funny. He, uh, he brought up Newsom cause we actually talked about him. He got, uh, roasted on the, uh, Congress floor by that guy yeah, from like exactly. Long Beach or whatever. Right. Right. Uh, but who, it's through massive shade at him. You should listen to that episode. If you, I don't know if you saw that. Or about what? Uh, there was some congressman from California who, um, when he, he uh, when Newsom went to some party or whatever, after telling everybody not to go to parties for Thanksgiving, and then he, he went, went to the, the, yeah, he got he caught, the, no mask, yeah, all these, exactly. all these. This is the thing about so, I say about politicians: don't look for politicians for salvation. There's a lot that you can do. There's there's a lot that's in your control. 
before well, yeah, you got to do you, you got to take care of yourself you got to um, partake in your own rescue and yeah all these all these politicians are about their money so that that's hinting that's what you should focus but, on but yeah it was uh this guy who went to the congress floor uh congressman i forget his name already tom something and uh he he wrote a letter of support for the governor he's a republican he doesn't actually support the governor um supporting the governor for breaking quote his own stupid rules uh, uh so <laughs> we were, we've talked about gavin newsom um and his inability to keep a coherent message uh, yeah. uh before um i think when we look at some of the other places we realize that for all of his many many flaws uh the de facto leader of this area of the country uh new york governor andrew cuomo um who i'm sure is all about his money just like everyone else uh but he seems to have handled himself oh yeah um and handled the messaging around this like leaps and bounds better east than, coast uh, baby one both yeah Exactly. East Coast. Best Coast. Doesn't rhyme, though. So East Coast, work East on Coast. I think every state is East in a Coast, red danger. I like it. I think every I think every state except the three of us, Rhode Island and Hawaii, are all in the red. Oh, I'm sure we're in the red here. So, Well, the, the <laughs> numbers positive. said that we are, but as of at least Sunday. So, I don't know. Yeah, I'm po- we were pretty bad for a while, so hopefully it improved. I haven't heard anything. Do you have yet, anything so. else to add on this, Brendan, before we say goodbye? Uh, no, just thank you. Thank you guys for your time. Yeah, yeah thank you for coming to talk with us. Yeah, I Appreciate hope you, you want to do this again. I hope you want to do this Most again. Definitely. For sure, for sure. But uh, with that, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to the Tweet Cap today. Thank you to our guest, Brendan St. Brown, for coming on. You can check out Brendan St. Brown's content all over YouTube, including all the great motivational things he has. Uh, that's You can go to Brendan St. Brown on YouTube, right, Brendan? And where else can we find your, your content? Um, yeah, check me out on IG, Brendan St. Brown 300. If you go to the LX.com Instagram, you'll probably see my face. So I'm out there. All right. Great, great. And uh, with that, Ryan, do you have any last words before we say goodbye? Uh, no, we, we did the happy uh, happy Hanukkah at the top of the show. Yes, so obviously Hanukkah night one, happy week. Hanukkah. Um, for everyone else, and even the people celebrating Hanukkah, um, you can definitely check out this episode and all of our episodes of the Tweet Cap on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and pretty much anywhere else that you find um, your podcasts. Uh, this episode, along with our first ever guest, are on the brand new Tweetcap YouTube channel, so definitely go and take a, uh, a watch if you're uh, inclined to do so. And I promise, by the way, that the the archived seven episodes are going to be on YouTube. We're having an issue locating all of them, um, but I think we've found pretty much all of them now. So we're going to give those a quick polish and get those up on YouTube as quickly as possible. But uh, from now on, all of the new episodes will be on. So YouTube, you can count on for all of your tweet cap uh, episodes, as well as the traditional podcasting platforms. Sweet, sweet. And yeah, you can find me on Instagram at MattBrown300, Twitter MattBrown31, where we can find you, Ryan. At RPP95 on Twitter, same as always. Sweet. And also check out Productive Conversations podcast hosted by me every Monday and Thursday. Yep, yep. And with that, thank you, Brendan, so long. All right, thank you, guys. Yes, thanks. I'll see you later, Brendan. I'll see you later. 
I'll see you later, Ryan. And Absolutely. Have a great night, guys. All right. Have a good night, bud. See you.